The state of Indiana, the state of Maryland, joining Ohio, Kentucky, Michigan, Illinois, and other states in telling businesses they can't be open. New York City telling businesses they can't be open. As someone just put out on Twitter, actually comes from the D.C. Bureau of Chief of BuzzFeed, Kate Nocera. The entire world has shut down and Bill de Blasio went to the blanking gym. Well, it's getting rough out there. And this is not me being opposed to social distancing. This is not me questioning flattening the curve. This is me asking out loud, do states have the right to tell businesses they can't be open? Do they have the right to do such a thing? And is there an actual value in it? What does the science tell us? What does the medicine tell us? And how Congress has moved. Is this plan, this family's first coronavirus act, going to do anything? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. Let me bring in Nan Hayworth, MD, uh, the only female physician ever elected to a full term as a member of the House of Representatives. She's represented the 19th District of New York in the 112th uh, Congress, a board-certified ophthalmologist. I can never say it right, but I know what I mean. Uh, Practicing for uh, 20 uh, years, Uh, she has also worked in a series of medical-related fields, a past board member of the Board of Directors of Healthy C and other organizations. Let's start with the science representative, and I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I don't doubt the concept of social distancing, and I don't doubt the concepts of flattening the curve. How do you describe what flattening the curve is all about? Tony, this uh, the the key thing about this virus uh, is uh, let's let's give two considerations. One is that it's and it's been referred that way, referred to that way. It's a novel virus, so humankind hasn't experienced this virus yet. uh, With uh, although there are related viruses that yes we have, and a lot of them cause colds. Uh, but this is clearly different. Uh, so we don't have any built-up immune capacity as a population to this virus. And that's why the consequences are severe. It looks as though uh, ultimately it's going to kill about 1% probably of, of folks who get it. That's going to be skewed heavily toward elderly people. Uh, but, you know, still that's 10 times more deadly than influenza. And, you know, if you run the numbers, Tony, and I, you know, you're extremely smart, so I know you have. Here's our problem. Because people can spread the virus, it's just the nature of this virus, we know this much, for a number of hours or even days uh, before they have symptoms and you know, we don't yet, although we're working up to that, you know, eventually we are going to have uh, such an abundance of testing that folks can kind of be tested day by day. But until that point, uh, you know, folks can be contagious. They can spread this virus. People can get very sick and you can just start running the numbers based on the experiences of places like China, like South Korea, like Italy, in terms of our medical our hospital capabilities to take care of a theoretical population of people uh, if they're getting very very sick and that's the big worry you know that we would have a situation potentially uh, analogous to that in northern italy where you know there really literally aren't enough uh, icu beds aren't enough ventilators even in a country like this one and of course we are responding 
day to day and day by day to that, hour by hour to that. The administration's been working very, very hard. They've gotten a lot of praise from a lot of uh, folks who aren't necessarily aligned with their politics. But that's the concern, Tony. So what social distancing does, it just keeps human beings away from each other so they can't infect each other. Literally, that's what it does. Uh, and and it really, in the, in the flattening... The curve conversation, talking to uh, former Representative Nan Hayworth, a medical doctor, uh, flattening the curve is about not overwhelming those healthcare professionals. Because as you said, even in a country like ours, we simply don't have enough if you have that level of spike of people who all need the care at one time. Right. That's the problem. That's the problem. And we've got an amazing country and amazing health care. Uh, and ordinarily, uh, you know, we have more than enough ICU beds for everything we need. But, you know, we have to add uh, that potential acute need, that sort of wave breaking, uh, you know, if we don't have constraints on uh, how fast the virus spreads. Uh, if that wave breaks, don't forget, you know, all the folks who otherwise would need an ICU, you know, people with heart disease, people with lung disease, people with uh, severe conditions that require intensive care, they're still going to be there, too. Uh, so that's why we're doing this. And let's remember this, too. Uh, we're buying time. Essentially, social distancing buys time. Uh, but what it also allows, we buy that time, you know, every day. We're building capacity so that we can cope with this virus. You know, we, vaccines are actively being tested at amazing speed uh, because of the coordinated response, basically, between the federal government, President Trump and his team. Isn't it great to have deregulators in charge? You know, they have been removing barriers. They are working with scientists across the country to expedite uh, these these measures, to expedite vaccines, to expedite the testing of potential uh, therapeutic measures so that uh, we can mitigate uh, the, the both the spread and the course of coronavirus. Every passing day that we can buy ourselves some time to do that is, is, a, is a help to us on the epidemiologic and medical side. Although clearly, Tony, and you talk about it so well, it has profound economic consequences. And, and they are profound. Talking to uh, Congresswoman uh, Nan Hayworth, uh, you can uh, find her on uh, the Twitter box if you choose to. Nan Hayworth, H-A-Y-W-O-R-T-H. You can find her and follow her there. Uh, we've now seen these states tell businesses, restaurants and bars, sorry, you can't be open for business. Uh, the CDC recommendation is uh, 50 people or more, you should not have a gathering. So that would say to me that 49 people can, can get together in a restaurant, separate tables, apart from each other, mm -hmm. uh, thing, things like that, the six foot rule, uh, etc. Is it overkill? Yeah. In, in your point of view, is it overkill uh, that these, these these governors and these mayors, like the mayor of New York, Bill de Blasio, have pushed this forth? Or is this the, well, if I don't do it, I'll be seen as not doing enough, and if something happens, I'll be to blame? It's a great question, Tony. Yes, clearly everything that's done has political implications for uh, members of both parties who are in charge of uh, all these different units of government. Um I would, you know, I think uh, Tony Fauci is, you know, my my favorite voice on all of these things. Uh, the, the one of, you know, the world's greatest expert probably on infectious disease. Uh, 
Uh, and when he uh, urges social distancing in the strongest possible terms, uh, I know the CDC is uh, is following his advice and that of a consortium of the best minds on this. Um, look, you know, you can extrapolate this down past, you know, gathering 49 people, obviously, you know, you're, you're drawing a line. Uh, we, we do know that governments have emergency powers. Uh, so this becomes a matter of, you know, the president did declare a, a national emergency uh, last week, as we all know. So, you know, in terms of uh, the state's power to do this, uh, this is one of those uh, extraordinary circumstances under which, uh, yes, I think legally they, they do, uh, since especially in a place like New York, you know, they look, they issued permits to restaurants and for them to open at all, uh, you know, health departments, for example, uh, as we all know. So this is one of those circumstances in which they, they can do this um, and you know, it's, let's it's take it over to the, but yeah, let's take it over to the federal side. We've taken a look at how uh, the House passed with overwhelming numbers of this uh, uh, first uh, family's first coronavirus uh, act. There were uh, multiple members of Congress, 40 members of Congress, all Republicans who voted against it here in Indiana. Congressman Jim Banks uh, amongst the people voting uh, against it uh, because yeah. paid family uh, medical leave. Well, that doesn't apply to big business. It only applies to small business and businesses under 50 employees can get. A, a, a waiver. There was also a, a series of things in there that don't act that seem much more like congressional giveaways, you know, government giveaways as opposed yeah. to policies that actually help people. Should right. Congress be in the business of bailing people out mm-hmm. of these things? Uh, for lack of a better word, I don't mean that in a rude way. I mean in a, not, not having a better way to explain it. Uh, and what should what should it be? Is this bill, as as you have uh, seen it and gone over it, is it is it worth its salt? And should the Senate pass it as well? Tony, the the, the basic principle, I, I agree with the fiscal conservatives who say, uh, at the very least, we should honor this that the provisions in a bill like this should be timely targeted and time limited. And our problem is that, yes, uh, generally Democrats who want the federal government to uh, control and regulate and, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) distribute as much as possible, will unfortunately see this as an opportunity uh, to exploit uh, measures that then they, they hope to make permanent, that they seek to make permanent, and they will exploit opportunistically, and I think it's disgraceful that they will, uh, this exigency, this unusual circumstance in which, you know, in a, in a, in a crisis, in a pandemic, in a national disaster, it's, you know, that, those are the circumstances, Tony, I would submit under which we say, yes, you know, we yield some of our liberties and resources to the government to handle things like this. That's okay. It's not okay. It's counterproductive. Uh, It's wrong in every respect for the government then to step in under ordinary circumstances and control lives and markets. Uh, So I'm I'm with the Republicans, but they're in a very tricky political situation. And the Democrats know that. But I think uh, I I think everybody understands that there has to be and and folks have talked about it, Republicans and Democrats in House and Senate and on the administration side uh, have said, you know what, we recognize that we all have to work together. So I'm hopeful 
that uh, the compromise that they devise will be the least damaging long term. But it's a risk. And it's about the being the least damaging long term. I absolutely agree there. Representative Nan Hayworth. I appreciate you taking the time uh, to be uh, with us. You can find her on uh, Twitter there, Nan Hayworth, H-A-Y-W-O-R-T-H. The restaurant closings. Man, I honestly don't think we're doing the right thing there. Because there's going to be the follow-up. Let's get into it. What are these states going to do for these small businesses? My phone is blowing up. Bakers and restaurateurs all across where I live. What do they do now? Got an answer, Governor? Anyone? 